This is Andaki Chisme, two sisters, one podcast. We're coming together to archive the stories of undocumented people while decolonizing Chisme. I'm your host, Andaki Chingona, and I am your host, Andaki Therapist. And this is Andaki Chisme. Hello, hello, Andaki Chismosas. Welcome to episode four of Andaki Chisme. We're really excited and we thank you all so much for tuning in and uh, your patience as we continue, you know, this journey of posting. I know, I know we said um, that we will be posting every other Friday, but you know, life happens and but we're back. Um, we have amazing interviews lined up for all of you. Um, you know, we we do wanna, I mean, I do mean it. So <laughs> I do wanna apologize for, you know, not not keeping our word of posting every other week. But like I said, uh, life happens. I am happy to announce that I landed a position at a community college um, here in California. And I was in the process of transitioning. So that was taking some some time some time to do so um thankfully I think I'm I'm a little bit more settled so I'm able to have a a little bit more time to give to this podcast uh, but yeah Myra well uh I was just waiting for for this uh transitions to kind of settle or to the for the situation to kind of settle so that way uh, we could continue reaching out to folks in our communities to be able to put this together um you know just uh, as a reminder this podcast has no funding it's just the two of us um really happy about putting some time and effort into sharing these stories with you all um, but yeah, I'm, I'm happy to tell you that we we already have quite a few episodes ready for you. And so we are so very excited to be sharing all these stories, all this wisdom from our community members with you. On today's episode, we're bringing to you an amazing conversation, Chisme Hour with Moises. Um, but before I introduce him and we dive in, um, we're going to provide you all a little bit of our um, white table talk segment. Uh, we had, you know, one of um, our amazing listeners, um, you know, kind of share with us what or ask us the, the hot topic of what's um, the conversation happening a lot recently on social media of like, should we, you know, as children of immigrants be able to post our interpreter skills on our resumes, right? Because um, we grew up, uh, I guess, translating documents for our parents. So yeah. Myra, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> At a very young age, um, ever since we kind of, since we were able to grasp a little bit of those language, those English words, we were able to start translating for our parents. As soon as we were able to put some words together, some sentences together, we were able to make appointments for, for our parents. Uh, we were able to go to the store and, you know, pay for, for them or ask questions to, you know, where is this item? Um, so I think there's a lot of um, value in that. And I think it's, it should be acknowledged. Um, I think we shouldn't be diminishing our work. We shouldn't be diminishing our value. And just because those translating translation services were not in a quote unquote professional environment, um, it doesn't mean that it doesn't have any value. So I do agree with that. I do think that it should be um, valuable for those that are, are going to hire us. Uh, but what are your thoughts? Add that shit on your resume. <laughs> Add it. <laughs> uh, even all the volunteer work that you do, you know, all those experiences that are unpaid because of our immigration status, Add it to your resume, figure out a creative way to add it on there. Um, hey, we are interpreters. We might not have the certificate to um, say that we are, but 
I, I'm pretty sure um, jobs or, you know, employers will benefit from our skills. So um, I think this also takes us into our chronicles of an immigrant child. Um, you know, you mentioned right. like Myra, we we would make phone calls for our parents and things like that. So I, I think um, one that comes to mind for me is like the the need to rehearse what I'm gonna say before I pick up the damn phone like even my hellos I'm like hello hello (laughs) like hello this is Maria (laughs) hello do I say Maria do I say Maria do I say Maria because one time I went to a coffee shop I say I said Maria and they were like what What? I was like Maria ah Maria Oh, that's so okay, easy. Oh, goodness, F you. <laughs> no, but really, I, I think that that um, kind of plays a role, you know, like having to to translate for your parents and then your parents telling you like, like, didn't you go to school for that? And it's like, no, I'm going to learn like a math and... <laughs> sciencey stuff <laughs> they definitely did not teach me medical terms papa no. so, like fuck off so <laughs> now having and it's like well no uh, you know there's professional translators that go to school to become translators and i'm just here trying to live my life <laughs> and i'm trying to help you so be nice <laughs> I wish we we had those words um, growing up to tell our parents. Oh, oh no, yeah, that that is true. That's definitely if if you're listening and if you're at a point where you're still not uh, ready to be able to speak to your parents um, in a way that feels disrespectful, disrespectful, um, or if simply um, setting the boundaries that you're setting are not necessarily those. Uh, in which we're able to speak in that way. You know, we completely respect that. Uh, We understand that because, yeah, definitely this has been a a recent change uh, for some of us where we're able to uh, put it into words and say um, somewhat in a respectful way when it's possible. And sometimes we're able to say like, "Mm -mm, back off, like, you're going to be rude? Uh Uh-uh, I'm done, bye. Uh, (laughs) We understand that not everybody... Not everybody has that uh, privilege. Not everybody is able to be in that situation. But, you know, um, hopefully you're able to test the waters little by little, um, maybe by saying some words or maybe by asking for more time. Um, And maybe someday you'll be able to say, no, fuck off. Like, you're being rude and I ain't helping you if you're going to be rude to me. And don't be a bocona like Maria. Don't be a big mouth like Maria. Because oh, uh, the consequences won't be pretty. <laughs> but thank you. Thank you again so much for listening. Um, like we shared, uh, today's episode is a Chisme Hour with Moises. Moises is turning 25 in about a month. He was born in Ciudad de Mexico and lived in San Juacinto, Estado de Mexico, until he was nine years old. He has been here in the U.S. for about 16 years now, and they are currently working on bringing a co-op to the Inland Empire named Alebrijes Bakery. Uh, Moises enjoys soccer, gaming with his friends online, and making pan dulce. He got married about um, two years ago and is uh, a parent to a beautiful dog and cat. So with that, let's dig in. All right. Hello, Moises. Thank you so much for being with us today. Um, well, you know, we're going to go right into the question. So if you can please um, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself, like who you are, maybe your age, home country. Um, how old were you when you arrived to the U.S.? Um, and maybe if you have an undocumented status. Right. So thank you for having me. First of all, it's really cool to be here. Um, my name is Moises. Um, I'm about to turn 25 in like less than a month. Um, I was born in El DF. Now it's CDMX, Ciudad de Mexico. And uh, I came here when I was nine, which was about like 16 years ago now. Um, and yeah, uh, I, I am undocumented still. 
we did submit, you know, I got married two years ago and we submitted paperwork and all that, but I'm like in the back of the line. So like awesome. <laughs> the, the U.S. knows I'm here. I mean, they've always known I'm here, but I mean, now, now like I'm in the process of it, but it's still like, there's no certainty that it's going to happen this year, next year, like in two, three years. So, so yeah, so here I am and uh, I'm trying to do things to kind of stay alive. Thank you. As you know, the name of our podcast is Andoki Chisme. Um, so when you think of the word chisme, when that comes to mind or when you hear people talk about like, oh, vamos a chismear or, you know, um, what comes to your mind? Is there anything positive or anything negative that comes to your mind when you think of the word chisme? Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's either positive or negative, but to me, like, it's definitely uh like at least within our community and I'm sure you know it's las mamas you know it's like that's the first thing I think of las mamas like so mean chismosas you know, like for for good or for bad you know some chismosas with our lives with the lives of others with what's going on in the in like uh, la farandula like also and so got married like some famous people and it's like okay <laughs> some chismosas you know but it's not I don't know it's not good or bad it's just it's chisme and like I remember me too, like when my friends would tell me stuff like, oh, yo también quiero oír el chisme, you know, like, like gossip about somebody else or like, hey, did you hear that this happened? Or like, why did Maria leave uh, CSUSB? I don't know. Chisme, you know? Like, <laughs> I, st- I still want to know, like, that's good chisme. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know I was part of like the I'm still waiting for that chisme, you know, like. <laughs> that will be an episode uh, coming to you soon so stay tuned right. um no because today is about you my sis yes <laughs> I, I really do like how you mention our like moms right and I think uh, um why chisme is associated with our mothers a lot of times is because in our culture our moms are not expected to be out working so they're like at home right and in order to stay informed and keep each other informed Mm -hmm. they communicate with each other but Mm -hmm. because it's women sharing information they always have to give it some sort of negative label right Right, right. Mm -hmm. so it's how like chisme is like associated with like our moms right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um which that can be like I guess the downside but it's very empowering to know that they use that method of communication to inform each other about our lives, about, um, and not necessarily that they want to know like, oh, um, do you have like, you know, a significant other or things like that, but because they like to go and like presumir like mm-hmm. show off what their children are up to also mm-hmm. um, oh, yeah, but then it can that. be taken as like a form of chisme mm-hmm. I don't know that's my like thought but process. it's a little bit of both oh um, yeah 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 definitely like, there's some tias that want to know if you're in a relationship not because they care but because they just want to be bored yet so <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I, do, I do see both sides as well mm-hmm. <laughs> my sis I do want to know Mm-hmm. um since maybe for a lot of people already know you in the community but maybe you know it's the first time that people hear about you um I want to bring both together and ask you what's something that you don't um what's something that you don't typically tell to people or something that not a lot of people know about you <laughs> whoa because I've been pretty open, you know, like, even, like, stuff that I shouldn't be saying, I'm out there saying them, um, I don't know, I think lately, like, my, I'm kind of like, wow, look at my wife, she's right here, but, like, tell me something, <laughs> um, I'm definitely, like, after graduating college, uh, which was about a year and a half ago, mm-hmm. I think I definitely got more um, politically, not even politically, just philosophically in tune with what it is to be on the left you know um and I think I'm, I'm more aware of like class consciousness now where like all these issues that are around us feminism lgbtqia rights um 
animal rights, human rights, like they're all meaningless if we don't tie them to class consciousness. And the fact that it is because we're in an oppressed economic system that we can't like fix any of these issues. And that's why Kainoa were opening a, a worker co-op is workers owning the means of their production. And so, yeah, I haven't really been, and like people are gonna label it like, oh, he's a communist or, you know, he's a socialist. It's like, I call me whatever you want, you know, like it's really just being class conscious and like knowing that um, we really have an imbalance of power when it comes to economy in this country and like all over the world actually. And like the damages that neoliberalism did in like Latin America and the reasons why a lot of our people migrated to the US and like why we're here and generations have been here. So I think that's really kind of what I've been going through through my head after I graduated. Like it was after college. So I didn't even learn that in college. It was like after college and like learning and seeing. And yeah. Yeah, there's so many, so many experiences, so many situations, so much more learning that we do outside of that of those institutions. Right. Um, yeah, because a lot of times those even those conversations are not happening in there. And that's where we're supposed to be learning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah. The classrooms tend to have like their own agenda, right? Mm -hmm. They want to teach us or they have to teach us certain things. I mean, we see the conversations happening right now with um, the classrooms teaching like ethnic studies, right? Mm -hmm. um, like, why, why not teach that? Um, why is but it it's <laughs> like, yeah, why is it such a hot topic, right? For, for this, um, like for these people, but they just want us to, to, I guess, learn their, their history, learn their, yeah, <laughs> the white people stuff. <laughs> and, and I'm sure you know, Maria, because you were like, I, I, I know you were in higher education, like in the administrative side. And like, I was at the board, uh, with Chafee and like I thought I was making a difference just by being there but like in retrospect maybe what if like I think of it what if I was just a token <laughs> like he's the token brown dude that we have at the board you know or he's a token undocumented person we have here and like I wish I could have done more but I, at the same time I wish I knew I could have done more you know like and I remember and what was it on your first podcast that you said like I did my best with the tools and resources I had at that time maybe and like now, if I was put in that position, it would be a lot different now, for sure. You remind yourself, try, <laughs> that <laughs> you did do the best that, that you could at that moment, right? Mm -hmm. um, one thing that I once saw um, was like a saying that, you know, sometimes we ask for a seat at the table and then when we reflect back on our ancestors, it, that's not exactly how it goes, right? But that's what I took from it. Our ancestors would have flipped those tables, mm -hmm. right? And so, yeah. So I, I guess going mm -hmm. off on mm -hmm. that, um, what is something that you've had to overcome? And what advice would you give someone going through that similar uh, situation? What is something I had to overcome? Oh, fuck. <sighs> Um, I think like the chronicles of an immigrant child, as you were saying, like just just about everything. Um, you know, learning English, uh, being made fun of at school for not knowing English or for speaking a very butchered. Um, deciding whether, like, especially my end of my high school year, I remember I took a month off as with independent study to help my dad work construction. Mm -hmm. Like, I love school. Like, I loved going to school every day. And I had to stop, like it was, I was still in high school. Like it wasn't even in college, it was still high school. And I stopped going for a month to help my dad work construction. And like, yeah, that's, I don't know, like who does that? <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, just deciding after like going to college to see if you're gonna pursue higher education or you just have to make money and like choosing the latter because there's no options for me pretty much in higher education at this time. And yeah, I think, but at this time, like making those decisions, it was difficult, right? Like at all times, but where the place that I'm in right now, I think it was the best just because I'm definitely happy. Um, I'm doing something I really like. Um, it's going to help me out for the rest of my life. Like I see it as a career and uh, maybe in the future, I'll get back to education because I really love school. So maybe in the future, I'll 
get back into the classroom and teach. I really want to teach. What do you want to teach? Actually, I was going to ask that if you if you had the opportunity to do both, where you have um, this and you're able to also continue with your education, you would be teaching. Yeah. What is it that you would be teaching? Um, it will be a mixture of history and politics, definitely. Like in um, like high school or like? Uh, no, college, college. Yeah, because I, I want to have the freedom, you know, that like college professors have and like, because, you know, in high school, it's like, oh, I can't share my political views. But in college, it's like, yeah, fuck this guy or fuck that guy. You know? I want to be like that. That is true. <laughs> yeah. That is true. That freedom is awesome. Yeah. Not all professors, though. <laughs> not, not, um, there's a certain, like, level of yeah, yeah. where you have to be in whatever, you I'll know. Get ten, I'll get tenure, tenure first. Once you get tenure, right, let it all out. <laughs> yes, yes I, I did have a, my history professor at community college. I... She was a white woman, but she was like, you know what? Because as white people are fucking problematic and this is what we did and we, we did this and we colonized the U.S. And that's why is it 13 colonies because we're fucking colonizers and we killed um, the indigenous peoples and we're still, you know, um, enslavement still exists to this day. And she would like go into this very much truths. Um, so I, I can see you. I, I hope that that you get to that uh, yeah. to that spaces. Yes. So, well, Moises, um, I know you have a business. Can you share with us a little bit about your business, what you do, um, what you make, uh, all that good stuff? <laughs> okay. Well, for, I think I have to tell you like how I started because like go for it. it. Definitely took uh, you know it grew in the last year or so. So. Um, after I graduated college, uh, which was like two, three years ago almost, uh, I got into sales, right? Because it was commission-based. So I didn't have to apply to a job. It was commission-based. So whatever I sold, I got paid commission, and then I filed my own taxes. And that was the only way I could figure out how to, like, you know, make money. And then the pandemic started in March of 2020, was it? Mm-hmm. And sales plummeted. Like, people started shop- stopped shopping and then started saving and buying, like, necessities. Toilet, you remember the toilet paper thing and, like, so sales plummeted, you know, I was left with like, oh, what are we going to do? Like me and my wife, we had just gotten married. And so with the last check that I had from my commission, I, I put it into this idea that I had had way back um, in Mexico, especially in Mexico City. I clearly remember, pasaba el panadero, you know, and maybe you guys have a memory too of like, el panadero con el pan, you know, and the, yes. there's a bicycle with a big basket <laughs> or in their made up vans that they converted and stuff. But there, it's a thing over there that mm-hmm. here it's non-existent. And so I always had that idea. And then as I looked into it more, I saw that there was no online delivery service for pan dulce. You cannot Postmates pan dulce. You cannot Grubhub pan dulce. I, I mean, at least at the time that I, that I researched it, right? And so I built this website where you can order pan dulce and then you will get it delivered to your home. And it was me, like, I would deliver right. it. So I put it in the back of my truck and my the trunk and, you know, I would deliver it. And that was my idea. Right. And it was called Los del Pan Dulce because over there, I viene el del pan. I viene los del pan. And so that was my name, Los del Pan Dulce. And so my wife and I started doing it. Right. And then like it just exploded. And at first we started with same same day delivery. So like you would order it and I would drive to the panaderia, choose the bread that you chose, like that you picked on the website. And then I would take it to your house. But on like the third day, we got like so many orders. Really? No way that I was going to be able to deliver them all in a day. So I had to shut down the website so that people would stop buying because like I couldn't keep up. And it was like 9 a.m. and I was already booked for the whole day. So like I had to close it off at 9 a.m. And I did not stop delivering that day until like 8 p.m. And it was it was two of us, my wife and I. Um, and yeah, so. After that, we're like, all right, what if we do next day delivery, like Amazon, like Amazon Prime, right? So next day delivery. All right. So that worked out better. And so for the last, for the next year after that, we continue next day deliveries, right? So you can go on the website, choose the pan and, you know, get it delivered the next day. Uh, around last year, around the Rosca de Reyes time, I reached out to the panaderia that I was getting the bread at and I asked them, hey, can I pre-sell Roscas? And uh, I, you know, put the order with you and then I'll deliver them. 
And this panaderia, unfortunately, they were like, no, you know, like mm. they'll be when they sell, we'll put put up the sign and, you know, you can come and pick up as many as we have available. Yeah. I was like, man, that's not going to work for me. right? Yeah. yeah. So then I went to this other panaderia that uh, my uh, mother-in-law had told me that sold good bread. I spoke to the owner and I told him, hey, I have this. I explained to him the whole thing. I have this website. I sell the bread and I want to pre-sell Rosca de Reyes. He's like, all right, yeah, we can do it. So I put in the thing, the 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 sale on the website. We sold out. Um, I told him, hey, I have like so many roscas that we have to sell. He's like, oh shit, like I guess we gotta make them now because we people already paid for them. I was like, yeah. And so after that, I guess the owner of that little uh, bakery saw that like there was something there, like there was a disconnect between the market that he currently has of the people that just go to the panaderia right. and people that buy online. Like it's a different market. And so he saw that, hey, like we can do something here, you know, like, and so we started working together. Uh, I, I, uh, I put up his pan on my website now. So like, it's all his pan now, you know, from his panaderia. Um, and he looked, I mean, I, I buy a lot of bread from him. So he definitely loves that. And after like six months of that, I kind of like started talking to him. Hey, do you want to like open up a panaderia together? Like, and like do this thing like in big? And it took a while to convince him. And he was like, yeah, definitely. You know, that eventually came to it. Uh, and we decided a worker co-op will be best. We're like, us working will be the owners so that yes. we don't struggle with like hiring undocumented people's like, well, we're the owners. Yes. So, <laughs> so we, we can do whatever the fuck we want. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> and um, our, tar- our, our, our market, I thought was going to be like us, you know, like, um, younger people ordering for their parents. So like, instead of going to buy the bread, just order it for your parents. Mm-hmm. And so I thought my customer base was going to be uh, immigrants or like children of immigrants, you know? Mm-hmm. It ended up being more uh, like second, third generation Mexican-Americans that don't necessarily feel comfortable going into a panaderia because maybe they don't speak English that, or Spanish that well, but they know yeah. the conchas or they know puerquitos or they know elotes. Yes. And so my, a lot of my, like what, 90% of our customer base is in Rancho Cucamonga. Like that's where most of our orders come from. And so I was like, why, like, there's no panaderias in Rancho. Let's go put one in Rancho, you know? And so that's where- Why people don't know about pan? (laughs) That's that's where we're opening it up, you know? Because also, because I don't want to like, where else in the IE can I put a panaderia where I'm going to compete with other like mom and pop panaderias? Like they're everywhere. I don't want to like, take what they already have you know so I definitely put it we put it in a spot where okay like there's none here it's an open market and we can sell and so now after two years of like delivering from the trunk of my car we're gonna open a Lebriges bakery and it's gonna be on on Archibald and Baseline so right at the heart of Rancho and it's gonna be a worker co-op owned by the workers uh yes we're gonna make great pan dulce when is the opening date well, it was supposed to be, you know, winter of last year, <laughs> but um, we had issues with the contractor. We had issues with the county, with the city. And so right now we're still waiting to submit uh, corrections on the original plans. Okay. So once they approve those corrections, then we'll remodel the place because it was just like a, uh, an empty space. So we have to put in things, stuff for bakery. Right. Uh, and that takes a lot of permitting. Uh, so hopefully okay. by by april maybe march you know it depends when the county approves we'll be out there so hopefully soon yeah that's so fucking exciting <laughs> i'm trying to limit my bad words and i just <laughs> but that's just so freaking exciting. That exciting like that is just so awesome um i do know that the permits is like give yeah. me like, oh, yeah. from what i understand at least seven seven of them um, oh, and oh. I know that it's like a waiting process and they need to approve it and get back to you. And then you need to make changes. They need to mm-hmm. see it, mm-hmm. and, you know, make more changes and, you know, this back and forth that yeah. can be frustrating. But not the question is, do you know how to make those puerquitos and conchas <laughs> and all that? So, like, I started a business of pan dulce not knowing anything but <laughs> how good it is and how to eat it you know <laughs> so this guy you know the, the, the owner of the bakery where, where I got the bread from he was really really nice and like I'll be forever grateful for the rest of my life with him because he opened up his shop to me to to know 
you know, like to learn all the things that business-wise, how panaderias run, and then how to make bread. And so he's been teaching me for the last what, six months now. But yeah, about six months, I've been learning how to make the pan. And like, thankfully, I'm getting the hang of it, you know. I still got to learn like details of the recipes because only he knows like how much salt to put here or how much sugar to put there. Right. Um, but, but yeah, I, I know how to make this. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's anything like, like cooking because I don't know how to bake. Well, I also <laughs> don't know how to book, how to cook either. But like my my mom, when I call her, how do you make this? Pues ahí échale una pizca de sal. Un right, like what's a pizca? I'm like, mom, I need to know how much is a pizca. Measurement. I yeah, to- I know. And that's <laughs> I struggle with him because he just, he's like, échale tanto de sal, you know? And I'm like, bro, tell me like grams or ounces, you know? Like, I'm going to mess this up. Serving pan dulce is going to be pan salado. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, I'm learning. <laughs> That's really exciting. I'm really excited because you mentioned, you know, you're going to be in the heart of a city for those of the listeners that don't live in like California or know about the Inland Empire. Like this is a community where it's like ourselves. Yeah, it's (laughs) like only visit to like shop or walk around or yeah like shops and, uh, and yeah, like, like, yeah. <laughs> so it's really exciting to to hear that you are gonna be taking up space mm-hmm. in a community where a lot of their residents do not like people like ourselves or who do not support you know our community but do know that you have a community behind you Right, that are gonna show up to your business and but at at the same time we're gonna celebrate you and shop from you (laughs) you know at the same time like yeah there's a lot of those and that's why I was kind of iffy about you know maybe saying myself about my status or whatever but there's also a lot of like people there who like are second third generation uh you know immigrants who like maybe their grandparents were the ones who came here you know and and they miss that pan dulce but they don't necessarily like no, like I was telling you, they don't feel comfortable going into a panaderia. Uh, you know, they don't know sometimes that panaderias only accept cash. And like, they're out there going with their cards and they're like, oh, I can't buy here, you know? And so, uh, so yeah, so it's, it's, it's on both sides, you know, because we do have a lot of like cus- uh, customers who have continuously shopped from us that live there. And so, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to say that they're all bad people or like they're oh, all. Oh, no, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. But it, it has a reputation. <laughs> right. No, I mean, it is. It's an affluent city and it's, you know, I don't know, like 60, 70% uh, Caucasian. Uh, there's a lot of, there's a huge Asian community as well. Um, but Chafee College is also there, you know, and we went, I, mean, I know you went to Chafee. I went to Chafee. And so like, I feel somewhat at home, but it's also like, I'm all, like, I belong here, but I don't belong here. Like, our, the story of our lives, you know? Like, yes. <laughs> like, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, and the, I, whether it's about your business, I do have a bit, uh, question about, um, like, what is the, the greatest risk that you've taken? And what was the outcome? If it was a positive outcome? Um, well, actually, no, whether it was a positive, negative outcome, what is the... Um, advice that you would give to to other people maybe um, embarking on that journey of of taking a similar risk well see and this is an an issue I have with myself because like I did nothing special to deserve having the opportunity to open a business you know like and I'm, I'm really against, and like, maybe I may come off weird right here, but like, I'm really against this like hustle grind culture uh-huh. where it's like, you know, like you have to step over so many freaking people to get, and like, don't stop until you get there. Like I'm anti against like all of that. Right. Um, so I did nothing to deserve having this opportunity, but be in the right place at the right time, I guess, because we crowdfunded the money and it was through, I'm not going to say the person who, but it was through a person who believed in the concept and they lended us some money with like it wasn't through a bank it wasn't through it was through a person who told us you know like whenever you can in two or three years pay me back the money you'll pay me back the money uh and then the shop owner too he was like i'm putting this little i have uh the other owner he said oh, i'm also going to put this little i have and we you know crowdfunded the money and we, we we're in debt now but you know we're going to work really hard the next two years um but yeah like i, ha- I did nothing <laughs> special to deserve you know, 
this opportunity because we talk about like you work hard and you'll get there shit we know that our parents work the hardest and did they ever do they currently have the lifestyle they deserve through the hard work that they did maybe not you know like and it's not so that hard work does not equate like success that's bullshit that's something that was ingrained in us you know so it's all chances you know so I was just at the right place at the right time I had this idea I invested a lot of time into it on a lot of money that wasn't mine that I now I owe someone and you know like that's what we're gonna do I agree I agree I don't I don't think um those that work hard deserve the good things in life or the good people deserve good things in life and the bad people deserve the bad ones um at the same time I do recognize that in there in other ways we have right. or or simply we, we deserve the good things in life because we do just we don't need to to sacrifice or make sacrifices exactly. or to work so hard or to in order to be able to deserve something or to be able, exactly. to, be able to earn mm-hmm. something you know um yeah just wanted to add that into I, I agree with you yeah yeah I mean you want to buy a bag of Cheetos to like or what is it your cup of coffee at Starbucks because that makes you happy and somehow if you buy a cup of Starbucks like you're not going to be successful in life like I've seen that shit, you know, going around like, <laughs> it's bullshit. You want a coffee, get a coffee. Like, what the fuck? Three dollars are not going to break you. That's <laughs> good. Yeah, yeah. I can't, I can't, I can't add anything to that. Except, yeah, there's a, yeah. You want to, you want to become successful? Stop buying that Starbucks coffee every oh, morning. Like, and instead <laughs> go grind and, and hustle. Yeah. And it's oh, like. Fucking kill yourself with no sleep. Because if right. you sleep, somehow you'll not be like oh my god yes there's there's this famous and i can't think of the name uh this famous like financial advisor uh that actually says that that he sleeps four hours uh, a day in order to and he works the other 20 hours a day and i mean he's successful somehow but he's He's still like this idea and i'm like i don't know and that's the thing by people continue to buy into that narrative they're they're Mm -hmm. actually like they're buying into that and it's like yeah and that's a problem that does those types of messages are the ones that we keep hearing again and again Mm -hmm. and we Mm -hmm. internalize them and we're like oh if you know i'm not being successful things are not working out in my life it must be because i'm not worthy of that it must be because i didn't work hard enough exactly right it's how i feel about about religion you know like they indoctrinate us to feel guilty about everything we do and it's like Si no haces esto, te vas a ir al infierno. Or like, it's like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, you, you ya me mandaron ya hace mucho, yeah. I, I, I don't know if I can come dice, back. Dice mi esposa, I'm a recovering Catholic, you know, like. <laughs> I, I'm going to blame my, um, I'm a shopaholic. So I'm going <laughs> to blame my shopping addiction on everything y'all are saying. <laughs> I'm gonna be like, well, if it makes me happy, Moises said. I'm, I'm no. not condoning you to go into that, okay? <laughs> I I actually like my mom says that a lot, like, no te vas a llevar el dinero a la tumba. But then she also tells us like, save some money for when you're older. Right. But then I'm kind of like, so do I buy it or not? <laughs> well, she also says you can you should spend. If you want to compromise in certain things, never compromise on food. Oh, yeah. Food, treat yourself. Right, treat <laughs> yourself. You yeah. <laughs> Always. So, yeah. so I, I do want to ask um, if there, okay, who from the undocumented world, mm-hmm. if you could share a cup of um, cafe con pan, <laughs> oh, yeah. who would it be and why? If you can like choose someone who you know um, you know in the undocumented world, and you can invite them to you know sit down and have some of your panecito and a <laughs> cup of coffee or you know tea or water, whatever makes them happy or right. makes you happy. Yeah. Who better be? alive? Yes, better alive, and it doesn't have to, that person doesn't have to be like a unlucky famous person. <laughs> right. No, I mean there's there's many people I think. Um, like I haven't seen my family in Mexico in 16 years. So like anybody from over there will be like, great. 
like I just sent my grandma some of my conchas that I made, some mazapan conchas I made. I sent them to her because uh, my wife's uncle ha had to travel to Mexico City. And I was like, hey, can you take these to my grandma? It's like, oh, hell yeah. So my grandma, my grandpa, like any of them. Um, in the undocumented community, definitely Jose Antonio Vargas. You know, I really look up to him. Uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with him, but yes, the fine American, yeah, founder. Yes, so, hey, uh, and I don't drink. Uh, I don't drink alcohol. But if I did, I will maybe una chela con Yossi. Like I really, I, I'm a fangirl for him. <laughs> like he's he, I really, really like. I, I I don't know. I really admire him too. Um, yeah, so any of them. Um... You'll see if you're listening with your service. <laughs> I mean, there's, a, there's an assembly woman in New York, uh, Catalina Cruz, who was formerly undocumented and she was from Colombia. And so at one point, I really want to run for, I really wanted to run for office. So she was really my, you know, like, hey, I want to be like her. And I remember I sent her an email because she won her election. And she replied to me. She was like, hey, Moises, thank you. I was like, what? Like, <laughs> to me. yeah. And so her too, you know, but, but yeah, so there's, there's a lot of people I would really, you know, I, I missed out on having a lot of relationships with a lot of people because of like the statuses that we have. So there's a lot of people that I would like to have some cafe compan with. It's never too late to build those relationships. Mm -hmm. So to those folks, if they are listening, yes. uh, please connect with Moises. We will share this information with you all. We'll uh, sponsor the conchas and the drinks. Seriously, we yeah. will. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know. Um, Maria shared your video of the conchas that you sent to your grandma. Oh, oh. my God, I was falling <laughs> last night. I was like, oh, my God. I don't know. I was just bawling. It was like, it was very touching. Yeah. Um, I think it's a moment that a lot of us really relate to. Mm -hmm. So I know Maria was bawling too. <laughs> I saw it and I got the chills. I was like, yeah. what is happening to me right now? I should be happy <laughs> that, you know, um, your grandma got the conchas, but then I was like, fuck this borders. Like, why can't it be him? Like giving yeah. her the conchas or like making the conchas for her and yeah. giving them to her like calientitas, you know? Mm -hmm. um, that's frustrating to me, but... I'm really glad that you were able to share with her a little piece of you. Right. right? That's what my, my sister said. She just, my sister sent me a voice note. She was like, yeah, dice mi abuela que, you know, like, que con eso ya está. That, like, mm -hmm. she can go happy. That's what she said. I you know. know. I know. Don't tell <laughs> No, I guess it's that she, that she <laughs> felt, You know, she, she felt you're here with her. So con eso ya está contenta, you know, and so. Oh. That's, that, that, if that's what I can do, you know, if that's what I have in my control, I'll, I'll do it, you know. Um, yeah. Pues mira, dile a tu abuelita que se espere poquito, that hopefully, you know, that immigration process um, picks up, yeah. up a little or picks up a little. I know that it's been stuck for, yeah. for a few years since 2018. Those waivers are stuck mm -hmm. in October 2018. It's been like that since then. So I know that there is such a huge backlog but i'm hoping that you're able to to go and take some of those conchas yeah. yourself <laughs> well, allá, you know like ah, you got some flowers like, no abuelita mira i know how to make it oh, yeah mira, watch out watch out lo que puedo hacer. <laughs> no but That's seriously nice. i feel like when grandma say that thing that like oh ya me puedo ir a gusto or something like that like oh no <laughs> like not yet <laughs> yeah because i don't know but when they say that it just i it's like brujeria <laughs> it's like them putting brujeria on themselves so yeah we'll we'll find a way to turn Reverse that back <laughs> so last a little longer yeah, yeah we'll do that because yeah that happens with our grandma and i think that's where maria is coming from mm -hmm. with my grandma telling my brother like um just hearing your voice is enough but it's like no we're on it we're working on it yeah like um when my grandma passed um or well she was you know about to go um she called my brother and my sister was actually in mexico with my grandma right but i was here and like my brother is like was her chiquiado mm. 
so like her baby right and like she called him and like he's on this side telling him like it's like no you know and her is like saying her goodbye and she's like no like you know she called him negrito she's like negrito ya me voy like you know it's time and things like that and like for him to like just be like no it's better me <laughs> no um that's powerless, yeah like yeah. I don't wish that on anyone like not even my worst enemies like yeah. you know so that's why I'm like we'll like we'll do some brujeria on our end so like your grandma can't last <laughs> till you're able to go right yeah, um hopefully hopefully I'm willing to like voy a prender veladoras, whatever we can do right? we're gonna be working on that <laughs> whatever prayers whatever uh, spells we can throw out there mm-hmm. um but yeah um I want to ask do you ever feel unmotivated and if so, what keeps you going? Um, I think, yeah, like, like what, through oneself, like, especially oneself. Well, I don't know. I have many faces, I think, where I felt, like, down. And I think we can all relate to, like, having those, you know, months that we just don't want to do anything and stuff. Um, right now, um, and I don't know if I should share this because my mom's going to go crazy, but we're trying to have a baby. And so she wants grandkids. My mother-in-law wants grandkids. Yeah. And we, we, we want now, it's the time of our lives that we do want kids. Yeah. And so uh, that makes me really look forward to the future. Like mm-hmm. whether that's me being here in the US, whether that's me being anywhere in the world, like I want to have kids, you know? Um, so that's pushing me right now. Um, and then the opening of the business, you know, we're, we have been doing this uh, dealing with all this stuff of like the county and the contractors and all this and we haven't we have yet to see anything you know like physical it's all in paper and it's all emails and it's all that and like we bought equipment but the equipment's just sitting there and like we haven't done anything in the shop itself and it's all the online stuff and so I feel like it's so far away but it's so like attainable and like so that keeps me going too you know like I gotta get there because I'm gonna have a kid and I have to support the kid and have to buy him diapers and, you know, like, so I really want to start working over there already. And so, I don't know, like, I can tell people, go have kids so you feel motivated or something. <laughs> That's true. It's like, pues ya estás aquí, I have to get you diapers. I might as well keep going, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's really nice to hear. I'm not a kid person, but <laughs> okay. so I don't know what to Me, tell neither you. Neither was my wife. Neither was my wife, but I convinced her. <laughs> convincing convincing someone to try it out yeah. and it's like it's not to try it out because it's just for all the life yeah especially us no <laughs> For no, uh, that was me yes yeah I know. I know. Um, now, I my question for you is: If you were given the chance to make one wish come true, what would that wish be? No, this is not fair. Because, like, <laughs> I know there's there's so many things in probably yeah, like, hard to choose one. Um, but at least Jeannie only had one wish. Like it didn't have thirty, so and you can't ask for more. <laughs> you know, something that like I would really like to see the U.S. shift um, its economy into a you know uh, a socialist economy, like yeah. that would turn so many things around. Not just in the U.S., it would have a ripple effect like worldwide. So like if that could happen like it would solve so many societal issues so many economical issues so many it would solve a lot of things and and like we were on on the on you know we were working towards it with the the new deal back you know in the day but uh but reagan came along and thatcher and they're like you know fuck all of you workers we're gonna put neoliberal politics around so i would really love to see that um and i i want to grow up to the day that that happens you know and I'm doing, you know, I'm telling we're doing our, our part, um, you know, we're opening a worker co-op. So like we're doing our part into that. 
but it's a system issue, you know, like we're not going to solve it, opening up one shop with four workers, you know, it's going to be, it has to be a systemic. And so I would really love to see that, see, you know, see it play out. What the future holds, I know. I was so hopeful when Grandpa Bernie was around, but then everything went to shit. Um, but we'll see, we'll see what the future holds. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, I have a a silly question um kind yeah. of like to start ending on a lighter note and that is what is the most useless talent that you have something <laughs> that you like i don't know what this is gonna be helpful for but i know how to play the flute or i know how to, i don't know <laughs> <Something> <laughs> the most useless talents i have <laughs> um oh shit i don't know <laughs> i don't like to use the use the word useless so i think i should reframe it but maybe yes. it's random talent that you have can you say i play i i i play um uh, fifa with my friends online and um you know we're somewhat good so i guess like, <laughs> like we play competitively and we win sometimes yeah. that's, that's good. <laughs> nice how does your wife feel about teaching your kids video games <laughs> she does not no well she doesn't like me playing imagine <laughs> she already told me you know when the kid is born we leave the games and we pick up books so like we're only reading books when the kid is born when the kid is here i'm gonna throw away that shit so like you're warned <laughs> so the faster you get to it the faster the game will disappear so <laughs> yeah like the compromises shit and when i have kids you wanted the video games so now it's like we get it we get right? compromise. Yeah, compromise. <laughs> <laughs> so as we're getting to an end here um what are the i guess what would you tell your younger self if you had the opportunity to, you know, teleport to the past and talk to yourself, to your young self? What would, you, what things would you um, say to yourself? Um, I wish, or well, I would, I would tell myself to probably enjoy, you know, the present time where you're at more because I feel like my my teenage years through my young adulthood like went so by went by so fast like I feel like high school just came and went and like there's a lot of things that I didn't do because like I was forced or focused on like trying to like help my parents with like money and stuff like it was all like that so I think the little times that I did have fun like I wish I was more present maybe or like remember them more because now it's like, well, the Akipalanta, you know, we're just gonna be working to, to support ourselves and the, the future family. But yeah, I, I definitely missed out on a lot of things, you know, growing up. So I would tell myself, even the silly things, you know, like just enjoy the, the time where you're at. Now, here's your question Are you right now enjoying more the present? Are you practicing that of? enjoying yourself a little more enjoying those silly moments or you know um like the little things in life i think i'm trying definitely like it's i think it's hard to keep yourself you know like checked you know at all times but but we're trying you know and i say we because it's me like me and my wife we're, we're one you know we're a team right. so we definitely try um but yeah you know it's 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 something that i you have to remind yourself i think at all times like there's a lot of stress going on there's a lot of like and uncertainties they're like at all times so maybe just you know that hour that you get to spend you know at peace maybe enjoy it so we'll do that yeah. <laughs> um what love advice would you give to our listeners love advice well i hear that you know you've been mentioning your wife and it's you're right now you mentioned that you two are one and it seems like you have a strong relationship with how the business started with the marriage with potentially having kids with being in the process uh, with the immigration process there's just you know um i know all marriages have, or all relationships um have their ups and downs they have their issues but uh, what advice would you give to other people um well like prioritize why like the reason why you're in the relationship you know like is it because you just want to, you know, 
like, I don't know, have fun together? Is it because you just want to have someone to be with? Is it because you see a future with that person? Like, and I think that that kind of sets up the whole thing because from the moment that we started dating, like I knew like, I want to marry this girl, you know, I, I, I <laughs> and so like, but now, well, <laughs> we, <laughs> no, no, no. Like, we met sophomore year, but we were just friends through high school, you know, like she was my confidant where like, I would go after this girl and things wouldn't work out. And I would be like, Hey, you know, this happened. And she would tell me like, Ay, no seas pendejo, you know, like, loco. <laughs> And so she was that friend, you know, that I would rely on. And then who knew like, that? Is after, love. <laughs> yeah. And like after graduating and like now we're, we're, we started dating. And then yeah, so we've known what since we were 16, we've known each other. And around we were 18, we started dating. And at 18, I kind of knew like, you know, I, I don't have to look for anybody else. Like this is I love this person and I want to be with this person. Oh, and, and one thing that I don't that I that I do a lot is not argue. So like. If there's an argument that's gonna come up, or I did something stupid that upset her, like no le peleo, you know, because like I'm probably gonna say things that I don't mean, and then she's gonna respond with things she doesn't mean, and it was <laughs> it was over, yeah, and it was over some silly dumb thing, you know, like, and so I I don't like to argue, and so I don't, I mean with her. So, <laughs> con otros, avientemelos, Échemelos, Échemelos, pero no, con ella no. So, so, yeah, yeah, just, just have fun together, you know, just enjoy each other's company. Um, yeah, and grow together. I, I want to grow together. I see. I like it. El amor, que viva el amor. Todavía estoy enamorado, ya. That's really sweet of you, and thank you uh, for sharing that. And um, going back to the business, what um, advice do you have for any current undocu businesses or people you know who are undocu and are trying to start a business? Um, see, I, I look at, at work as um, you know, and it says like work should dignify you, right? So the thing that you do for a living should give purpose to your life. That's how, you, that's what it should mean, right? So if you currently right now can't do that thing that you love, you know, like then do fun stuff that you like because we're only here for a certain amount of time. Um, and there's gonna be a day where we can't be uh, productive anymore. And so what happens with our life? What was the meaning of our life, right? And so try to enjoy the things that, that you like um, if you have found the thing that, that you like as your job, like um, make sure you do it with passion. Um, uh, bring others along, you know, teach uh, like this guy's teaching me stuff that I, there was no way that I could have learned anywhere at a culinary school. Like I would only learn it with someone who's been doing it their whole life. Um, and so, yeah, bring people along um, and then do it for the bigger purpose. Like I, I, my, my advice is don't, don't go into a business because you're trying to be a millionaire, you know, like, because you're trying to like have a big house and fancy cars, like do it because it's a necessity for your family to be financially stable. And it's something that dignifies you. Like a mi hacer pan, you know, it's, it's an honest job and I love it. And, and I, and every day that I have to go to the panaderia, like it's fun. And I enjoy my time there and seeing that pan come out, you know, super fluffy out of the oven and then people buying it, like that dignifies me. That gives me purpose. And so I want to make sure that others have that same, you know, and I know it's unfortunate that not everyone can, not everyone will. And it's sad and it sucks. Um, and so we're trying to do our part. Yeah, now I'm sad because I have my cafecito with my pan. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you order online, you can get it tomorrow morning. <laughs> pues ya vi, I know. That's right. You know, good. That's, yes, keep doing that. We're going to be posting, um, Moises information, the website, their IG, or you know what? Let me ask you, let me back up a little. How can we find you? How can people find you? Right. So if you go to Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok, it's Alebrijes Bakery. Alebrijes, uh, A-L-E-B-R-I-J-E-S, Alebrijes um, uh, Bakery. Or online, it has their own name because I haven't switched the URL. So it's losdelpandulce.com. Um, and so that's how you can find us order pan dulce. We do, you know, understand that it's just my wife and I, 
So we do have a delivery radius. So unfortunately, if you live outside that radius, we cannot deliver to you. Uh, we just don't have the capacity to at this time. But maybe in the future, we way. will. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I live outside that radius. Oh, man. I'm going to have to pre-order and then go pick it up myself because you're yeah. not that far from me. <laughs> you, you put a... a... <laughs> another address and you just say put it live it by the mailbox and then you do that <laughs> yeah, <come right. laughs> yeah i'm definitely gonna do that so as we are coming to a close i'm going to ask you um some this or that questions the, whatever comes to mind as the first one you there's no wiggle room for it depends uh or both. Right. it's one or both it's one or the other okay okay are you ready Dale. all right coffee or tea coffee do you believe in love at first sight yes do you believe in aliens uh yeah okay pineapple goes on pizza hell yeah oh gross i'm just kidding <laughs> I thought there was no judgment here. <laughs> there was no, no, we said there's no wiggle room. We didn't oh, okay, really okay, say okay, there's okay. no judgment. I, I thought it was a safe space. No, no. <laughs> I mean, you're the first. You're the no, first. I do say pineapple dough. Bro, does <laughs> ketchup go on pizza? <laughs> does what? Yeah, ketchup. Oh, yeah. If you're from Mexico, ketchup goes on pizza. Like, Imagínate this immigrant kid in middle school putting ketchup on their his pizza and people making fun of him because what the fuck are you doing putting ketchup on your pizza? Like, <laughs> oh, hell yeah, pineapple goes on pizza. I didn't like Thank the school one. I taste it. I love it. Pineapple and ketchup on pizza. <laughs> oh, yes, I agree. All right, go ahead. <laughs> So the next one, it's better to prioritize relationships over career. Um, yes. Okay. Uh, white concha is better than brown concha. Brown concha. Okay. Novelas or chisme shows? Ninguno. <laughs> <laughs> if you had to pick one. Oh, uh, novelas, I guess. Okay. Yeah. The beach or the mountains. So cringe to me, but sorry. <laughs> it's cool. Um, the beach or the mountains? The mountains, actually. Okay, rose or sunflower? Sunflower. It's my wife's favorite flower. Good choice. <laughs> <laughs> Would you rather visit your ancestors in the past or meet your descendants in the future? Hijo's madre. Um the past <laughs> okay sci-fi or romance sci-fi okay flirting is cheating yes eating it... out or frijoles en la casa um ya me cansé de frijoles en la casa wey no everybody says that nomás hacen chile con carne o carne con chile like you know <laughs> Cambiarle poquito. Yeah. Um, the book or the movie? The movie. Okay. Going out or staying home? Staying home. Okay. Thank you so much, Princess, <laughs> for your time, for yeah. um, sharing everything you did, for the love advice, for the business advice, and just everything you had to share with us today. Um, is there any last words you would like to share with our listeners? Um, I mean, uh, I wish there was someone who told me when I was, you know, younger, that like people without a DACA are still like finding means and ways to be successful, you know, whether that means economically successful or just happy successful, like we're out there. So if you right now are sitting there thinking all my friends are doing this, all my friends are doing that, even the DACA kids are like, you know, being glorified on TV for being them and I'm here like, we're out there, you know, and, and you will be there too. You know, it's, uh, I don't want to give that advice of work hard and you, because it's bullshit, but definitely keep your head up, you know, like stay afloat, do what you can to survive and be happy. Love that. Mm-hmm. Love that. I love it. Thank you yes. so much for your time. Thank you so much for your wisdom. Um, I wouldn't put it as less advice. Well, I guess it's less advice for this episode, but hopefully we'll be able to 
bring you back um, in some future season, um, you know, get some updates about, you know, how life is going. Maybe you'll show us your baby, <laughs> uh, you know, your new bakery. We're going to be visiting you. All the information, uh, the website um, and all the social media accounts, we're going to be putting them in our comment section so that everybody can go visit you, follow you. Um, yeah, and just keep checking in. And let and us all, know when the grand opening is happening. So yeah, definitely. Are, we'll be VIPs there. And anyone who, who comes to the bakery and shows us that you're following uh, on DocuChisme, you get free pan dulce. So. <laughs> I'll be going every day like post No, we should definitely... Um, Maybe come up with a system for that. Yes. I mean, we don't have, we we still have an okay following. Um, like it's we're not super known <laughs> just yet. So get, I know you'll get there. So but super I'm, proud yeah. and grateful. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but thank you, thank you so much. Um thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much again for tuning in on Dr. Chismosis. We are excited to bring you another episode next week. So please tune in. Follow us on uh, social media on Instagram at Chisme. Uh, on our bio, you can find the links to listen to us on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Um, if there is any other platforms where you listen to podcasts and we're not on those platforms, please let us know. We'll be more than happy to bring, you know, this podcast to the platform that you prefer. Uh, please share with your friends, with your family members. And if you, you yourself would like to be part of Undocuchisme, um, please send us a DM or fill out um, the form that is on our link tree. Again, we have that link on our bio, but we will also link it here. Um, if, um, you know, like Moises said, if you are, find yourself in the Ellen Empire and you visit Alebrije's um, bakery, make sure that you show them that you are a follower and an active listener uh, to get maybe a little price there or a little discount, right? Um, Again, tune in next week, and we highly encourage you to please use the Google Forms and give us some a white table topic, uh, you know, some stories of um, a chronicle of growing up as an undocumented child. Um, and, you know, if you want us to keep that anonymous, we will. We would be more than happy to keep that anonymous. But again, thank you so much for tuning in. And Myra? Yeah, and to finish off with today's episode, I'm going to be uh, telling you the quote of the day, which is, never lose hope. Storms make people stronger, and they never last forever. And this quote is by Roy T. Bennett. And this is Undocu Chisme.